It's time for Open Line Friday on the Andy Griffin Show. It's your chance to be heard, air your grievances, and take your shot. Only on Open Line Friday on the Andy Griffin Show. Thank you, Andy Griffin here. Great to be here. Boy, what a weird weather pattern we're going to have in the next few days. It's 101 today and sunny. Tomorrow, 86, so 15 degrees cooler. And then by, uh, I think it was Sunday or Monday, it's 76 for our high. So it's going to get it's going to get kind of crazy. We'll have a few thunder showers and things like that. But, uh, yeah, welcome to spring in St. George. Uh, it is Open Line Friday. I'd love to hear from you. 673-5890 is the phone number. Gee, I wonder if there's anything to talk about today. Probably probably a couple of things. I uh, wanted to start the show off. Uh, Jack Lancaster is in with me. Jack is the owner of Angelica's Restaurant. And uh, Angelica's, of course, a, a AG-sponsored, uh, AG-approved uh, uh, place. Love Angelica's and their food. But this isn't a commercial. This is uh, Jack was there last night uh, when, what did you say, Jack, about a 1,000 people gathered yeah. outside of your yeah. your store? in downtown St. George? Yeah, they were they were mostly down on the on the intersection of uh, Main Street and St. George Boulevard, which was one week one block west of us. Yeah. And uh, but then they then they kind of paraded around after they did their, you know, six minutes of silence. They paraded around, around the block of uh, uh, from uh, um, Boulevard down to Tabernacle down Tabernacle to one hundred east and up one hundred east to Boulevard and back. And then they kind of zigzagged up and around and came back through my place or in front of my place at uh, uh, 100 East uh, about an hour later. Pretty vocal group. As a, as a business owner, you know, you think about, uh, you know, profit margins and supply chain and, you know, uh, worker happiness and worker, you know, compensation. And, uh, of course, in these times, the, uh, the, the cleansing and keeping things really clean and stuff. And then it inter- you have to throw this into the whole mix. That, oh, by the way, there could be a riot right outside of my business. Yeah. They could loot my store. Yeah, I, I was I was concerned about that because you just don't know. I mean, you watch the news, and I I feel like some it, at some level I was being manipulated by the news mm-hmm. to feel like you know that this was you know these guys were for the very most part um, uh, peaceful. They had it disturbs me. I, I grew up here in St. George, and this you know you, you play your Andy Griffith theme song and i like to think of this place as a little bit of mayberry yeah in fact you know last night after the whole stuff i, I went home and watched andy griffith for an hour <laughs> uh, so but you know you uh it makes you sad when you see you know the f word on the placards as mm-hmm. if it's nothing you know they had a they had a placard that said f13 i think that means f the cops hmm. I, don't, I i guess 13 represented the cops um it and it was just it was just disturbing that that a tragedy in in Minnesota somehow has to be reflected in the streets of St. George, Utah. I don't I don't understand that part. I, I guess I maybe I'm just stupid. I don't know. It, it, I, the reports I got, I did see some video live on Facebook of people flipping, you know, flipping the bird and, yeah. and, and doing stuff like yeah. that. But it looked like to me, not everyone, but it seemed like the majority of people, maybe even almost all the people were between the ages of 18 and 29. Yeah, there was, there was a couple of adults there and a couple of prominent adults that you would know. Hmm. Uh, and I, I, yeah, for the very most part, they were all kids. And uh, someone commented, you know, what else are they going to do? They can't go to a movie. You know, they can't do anything else. Of course, they can, you know, they weren't socially distancing. 
So even you know, younger, younger than 18, you're saying a lot No, of, what I mean is the kids don't have anything else to do with the shutdown. Right, right but I mean, I mean as far as the age group, you said there was a lot oh, of... Oh, yeah, there, there was okay. teenagers, there was college mm. kids, there was, you know, young adults. Uh, but for the vast majority were young people. There, was, there wasn't anybody that was, you know... Seasoned? Seasoned, yeah. <laughs> you could say that. Well, talk a little bit about what went through your mind, Jack. I know that you own a business. It's a business you've worked very hard for. You've established a successful business. Uh, and and whoever started all this, and I know, I mean, they're saying it's all because of the, the, the murder of George Floyd. I don't feel like, I think it's gone beyond that. I don't think it's about that anymore. No, uh, but the, the thought in your mind that it could all be taken away by whoever, uh, just like that, it's got to be frustrating. It, it is extremely frustrating, and it's, it's frustrating that I had to, I felt like I needed to be there until around 11.30 last night just to make sure that nothing was going to happen. And, you know, we had a couple hmm. of people drive by with epithets shot, shot at us and, you know, directed towards us. We had a couple of cars drive by that looked like they were casing us. But I had a show of force. I had some, you know, family members there, and and uh, you know, we were we were prepared to defend ourselves. But I don't know if it was necessary. I mean, I like I said, I feel like maybe I was being manipulated by the fear of the national media, yeah. and and that part, you know, I, I question. But at the same moment, I felt like you know, it's better safe than sorry, and not 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 allow the uh, not allow what if could happen. At least I felt better that I did something. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. And when we saw the footage, I mean, anybody that saw the footage in Minneapolis and in New York City and in other big cities of... Salt Lake City. Salt Lake even, yeah. Police yeah. car being turned over. But uh, but I, I think the one that sticks out in my mind is the Target that was looted, you know, where they crashed, they threw mm-hmm. things through the window and then they all went in there and helped themselves yeah. to whatever was yeah. there. Uh, we hope that never happens here in St. George. I talked with the mayor yesterday about this. I said, could it happen? I mean, we're, the projected growth in this town, yeah. in the next 25 years, we're supposed to have a half a million people in this town. Right, right. Uh, and and we're, unfortunately, we're going to have some big city uh, problems if we become big city. That's right. And we don't know where this is going to lead. And what, I, what, I, what bothers me is the young people feeling like they have to be part of this bigger issue when there's nothing bigger to them locally. I don't know yeah. if that makes sense. We have to we have to understand that the that there's the local police department is class A. You know, they are not part of the problem. They are doing the they are doing a fantastic job. And those guys that were standing in front of my at my restaurant, they were they were great. They said, "We're here for you if something happens, you know." And but they and they were very very polite and nice to the protesters. And I give them credit for that. Because they weren't there to, nobody was there to provoke. There was a couple of provocators there, you know, yeah. but but nobody was there. I mean, they were those guys were doing a stellar job, and I don't think that. And everybody was pretty lighthearted, but you just don't know if there's going to be some Antifa types in the crowd yeah. that's going to take advantage, which is what you know. All it takes is one person to throw a brick or yeah. or, or something yeah. like that, and yeah. it escalates into something that I don't think anybody wants. Right. So, yeah. All right, Jack, thanks for coming Thank in. For uh, I'm, I'm glad everything was safe last night. Yep. And, and uh, Yeah, uh, we're open for tacos at 11 a.m. So Awesome. Yeah, we'll awesome. be there. <laughs> I won't be there till about 1. But, okay. Uh, I'll be there. <laughs> Come on over, Andy. Thanks, Jack. Appreciate it. Jack Lancaster, owner of Angelica's Restaurant, right downtown, 101 East St. George Boulevard, and his restaurant was kind of right in the uh, danger zone with the, the big protests and, and everything last night. So uh, thank you again, Jack. Appreciate it.
It is 916. Ready for your phone calls now. 673-5890 is the phone number. And, uh, you know, maybe a little food for thought for you as you're thinking about uh, making a phone call is, has is this still about race? Is this about the police? What, what is all this about right now? Is it is it boredom from being, I don't want to say trapped, but... Uh, being told to stay home, not being able to go to a movie, or not being able to go dancing, or whatever it is that that uh, you know that that you enjoy in your spare time, or or is it, what what is it about? I, I don't feel like it's about racism anymore. I don't know that it ever should have been about racism because I don't think that what happened in Minneapolis to George Floyd was about race at all. I think it was about a police officer using excessive force. And mistake or otherwise, he he kneeled on a guy's neck until he killed him, and and you know how that could not enter into your head uh, is beyond me. But it didn't enter into his head. So uh, the other the other question I have to you now: George Floyd died, right? He, I mean, obviously he died. He was uh, he was uh, kneeled on by that uh, police officer, and he passed away. Does the fact that George Floyd had a little bit of uh, meth in his system, uh, a little bit of, uh, oh, what's the drug, uh, fentanyl in his system. Does that change your opinion about what happened? Uh, does that does it make you feel like, okay, well, see, this, this, is a, this is a different animal now. We're talking about, you know, a, a, you know, somebody that was on drugs and things like that. Does that change how you feel about what went on in Minneapolis? Or, or for that matter, should that change how you feel about what went on in Minneapolis? Phone number is 673-5890. Love to have your phone call today on Open Line Friday. Let's go right to the phone lines now. Caller, you're on with Annie. What's up this morning? How are you? Hey, doing good. So I think, uh, like you said, you know, what's what's this all about? And it's just, it's so confusing. But look, there are a lot of people that that don't let a crisis go to waste. And And I think, you know, they're just waiting for opportunities to, hey, how can we, you know, use this to our advantage? Um. Anarchy is a real thing. You know, control is a real thing. Mm-hmm. Not everybody believes the same way politically. You know, and there and there there are people on both sides of the equation. You know, that are kind of waiting for opportunities. Oh, we lost him. He he uh, must have hit a wrong button there. But yeah, he makes a good point. Uh, uh, it got me thinking about the the divide right now in in our country, and I think a lot of it it has to do with social media. Uh, the the divide the, the the trench in the middle between the two sides is becoming bigger and deeper, and you know it's it's to the point now where if you don't believe like I believe, then I you know I can't be your friend. And I'm not talking about likes and friends on Facebook. And we're talking about real life friendships. And it's sad that it has to be that that way. I have a lot of friends. I have a lot of friends in real life that I don't know their political beliefs. And quite frankly, I don't care about their political beliefs. I just know I like them. They're a pretty good person. We hang out and we're friends. And, you know, and so to me, it's like, well, uh, if I go on Facebook and, and on Facebook, their thing says, oh, you know, the, the, uh, the world's going to hell in a handbasket because of the dang Republicans or conservatives or whatever. Well, I don't want to know that. I don't care about that. I can still be their friend. 
no matter what their political leanings are. I have a, a family member who is uh, very liberal, and I still love that family member with every fiber of my being. We don't talk politics at the table, that's for sure. But, uh, yeah, I can still be their friend. It's okay. It's at 921. Caller, you're on with Andy this morning. What's on your mind? Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine. Hey, it's not about race. Uh, You know, the media, most of the media is uh, basically they lie or they make things up. They don't give stats. They don't give us um, the information that really more white police officers are killed in the line of duty by black people than the other way around. And it's um it's so sad it 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 is so so sad and but people believe the media and over time they just to me it's almost like a brainwashing they they listen to everything they say and they believe everything they say and it's not you know and ultimately it could be the extreme liberals that are, you know want to do everything they can to get Trump out of office and um, the whole situation is just horrible. Well, I have a question for you, though. I think I agree with you. I think we've identified a problem in, in that a lot of the mainstream media, including and especially perhaps CNN and MSNBC and some of the big, big players, uh, seem to have a personal agenda in there. But what can we do about it? That, that's my question. Is, I mean, I feel your frustration, too, but what, what in the heck can we do about that? Well, <laughs> you know, we like to be positive, but I don't know, because it's, yeah. it's kind of taking over, and uh, education, but where can, you know, people get education from? Uh, they're not, they're listening to this and believing it, and how, how, do, we, well, how do we help people learn the truth? I, I just, I, I don't know, it's so complicated. It is, it is. I appreciate you calling today. Very interesting take on things. You know, the, the thing about it, too, is I think about my kids. And my, my, my kids are all pretty conservative. They, Apple hasn't fallen far from the tree, fortunately for me. But you think about the average, say, uh, 19-year-old. Where is that 19-year-old going to get their news? They're probably going to get it off of their Instagram, their Facebook feed, maybe Reddit, or one of those uh, news services, uh, Apple news service that comes with your phone. They're going to look at that, and they're going to they're going to read a story, and they're going to take it as okay. Well, this is the truth now, and they're not really going to consider the source much. Now, what they're going to do probably is go down into the comments and, and read the comments. I know, I know, a lot of young people really love the comments section, which to me is a cancer because you you, you know you get those anonymous comments in there, and you can say just about anything. And I, I just I, I think about these young people, and I think what. Well, what what are their their beliefs shaped by? And you hope their beliefs are shaped by the the environment that they grew they grew up in. But you know, once they're on their own, living on their own, or off to college or whatever, then you start going. Well, now where are they getting their beliefs? They're, well, it's from the things they read on their phone, and it's from their professors in their in their college classes. And you go, Ooh, wait a minute, most professors are pretty pretty liberal leaning. Uh, even at such conservative institutions as an Ivy League school or at uh, BYU. My son was in the psychology department at uh, Brigham Young University, a very conservative LDS-owned church uh, school. And uh, the professors there in the psychology department, at least, were incredibly liberal. They were, 
I mean, you wonder, you know, you're supposed to be able to, uh, you know, sign a thing that says you believe in all the church tenets if you're going to, if you're going to be a professor at this university. And he's like, they, or some of those must have been lying because they were not, they were not doing that. So, whew, boy, I tell you what, this, again, these, these, I'm having a hard time. And everybody says, well, you're white. You don't understand. I've heard that. I actually got told that on Facebook uh, the other day. You're white. You'll never understand. Well, I don't think that's fair. I grew up in Texas. I was a minority in Texas growing up. My elementary school in San Marcos, Texas, was about 60% Hispanic and about 30% African American. And there weren't very many white people in that school. And uh, did I I demand equal? No. You know what? We just dealt with it. It was life. And... Uh, I'm not saying that I am the expert on race or anything like that, but I am saying this, that I know what it's like, and I don't feel like that if, if, I don't feel like the American dream is dead, no matter what color your skin is. The American dream is, is if you work hard, you'll get ahead. And if you work hard and you do the things that you're supposed to do, you'll get ahead. And when you get ahead, you'll be able to have the American dream, which is a house and a car and a happy family in a yard. At least that's what the American dream used to be. Maybe the problem that I'm looking at here is uh, that's not the American dream anymore. Maybe that's the problem. The American dream has changed. Maybe the American dream now is to have a digital, be a digital millionaire with Bitcoin and, you know, the, the latest iPhone. And you don't care about having a house and a car and a family. Maybe that's the problem all along here. Maybe with the American dream has changed in the United States. Maybe the American dream is dead. I hope not. I love the American dream. I live the American dream. I hope it's not dead. This is the Andy Griffin Show. Thanks for tuning in today. I am Andy Griffin, and uh, I'm here every day, 9 to 10 o'clock, to take your calls and talk about things. Uh, On Monday, Spencer Cox will be on the program, the lieutenant governor, and uh, it'll be interesting to talk to him about a couple of uh, things. Of course, uh, Spencer is running for governor now in a tight race with John Huntsman Jr. and uh, Greg Hughes making some noise, too. They're all within three or four or five points of each other as we get closer to the elections. All right, let's go right to the phone line. Love your phone calls. Thanks for calling in today. Caller, you're on with Andy. What's up? Are you there? Yeah, good morning, Andy. Yeah, go ahead. Well, the you know, the, the cause for all of this is there's a multitude of things, and all of them contribute, but right off the top of my head, there's a, a couple of things that, that are, are glaring, first uh-huh. of all. You know, he had a guest on uh, earlier this morning. He's running for a uh, school, uh, school board or something. Yeah, Scott Smith, you know, yeah. Yeah. Did those statistics surprise you about how many of our uh, children can't read and write at, at you know, middle, middle school? They did surprise me. I, I, the one thing I will say is I didn't have any way to verify his statistics, and so I, I, I really didn't comment on him because I, like, I guess he's right. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, they did surprise me. Well, clearly, and all you have to do is just go to any reputable source, and you'll find out that the United States for decades now has been trailing the rest of the world in science, math, uh, you know, all of the, the things that really matter. We're, we're um, lagging and have been for a long time. So the first thing that's causing all of this, and you mentioned it about BYU and these various other schools, that we fully expect to be teaching our values and our principles, mm-hmm. but they're not. Right. And we don't, we don't, the, the schools don't teach our kids, and apparently we don't either, 
how to think for themselves. What we do is we teach them what to think. That's right. how you get all these drones that are out there marching on the street. They're all young people, and they're all good folks. They've just been taught what to think by our public school system. And, and of course, we're all too busy uh, to be able to spend any real time with our kids to be able to uh, teach them about America, who we really are, about our values, our principles, because if all of our kids knew that, they'd be able to push back against all the, this nonsense. And, and I think Drew Brees comes to mind. Mm, yeah. a, a couple of days ago, for those of you who have been following along, and I'm not a sports fan by any way, shape, or form, but I do happen to think Drew Brees is a, uh, somebody who's, who's worthy of, of attention and, uh, you know, to, to some degree to look at a role model. But, yeah, he's one of the good you know, guys. Yeah, so, so he, he stands up a couple of days ago, and he talks about he cannot abide by anybody disrespecting the flag, uh, taking a knee at national anthem, and he explained about how the flag to him represents, or he thinks about, his two grandfathers that were both World War II vets, yeah. and he just he laid out a pretty solid foundation. Within hours, he is backpedaling that hard. He apologizes. He should have been more sensitive. He, that's nonsense. When are people of value and principle not going to allow these, these name callers to, to back you away from what you know to be true? And so that's another aspect of what's wrong right now. True conservatives and people of, of principles and values, now's the time to be create, uh, courageous, not timid. Yeah. I, and then, of course... I was just going to say, the whole Drew Brees thing is really troubling to me because, as you mentioned a little bit, he was a pillar of, of what a National Football League player should be, what a star athlete should be. He, he gave a tremendous amount. He had foundations. He gave tremendous amounts of money to worthy causes. He was a good guy who wasn't embarrassed. He didn't have scandals. There weren't skeletons in his closet. He's actually raising a, I think he has a Down syndrome kid, and so he put, put together a really big foundation to, to help parents of, of children with Down syndrome. This is a guy with a nearly spotless record, and in a matter, like you said, in a matter of a couple of hours, uh, he said something, and all of a sudden he was he was being vilified in the press and by his teammates and by other fellow athletes. It, it was to me, I was I was shocked at what happened to Drew, and uh, I, I don't blame him for backpedaling. Uh, but at the same time, you're right. Probably, I, I, maybe he should have been a little more courageous. Oh no, I do blame him completely. You know, there are times in your life when it's critical for you to do the right thing. And Drew Brees, I'm afraid, blew his opportunity because now think of the message that's that sends to everyone else. Anybody who might have spoke up that has a public voice is now going to be uh, browbeat and intimidated into not saying anything except the published PC uh, message. And for all those people who actually browbeat him, it's encouraged them. Hey, this works. Let's keep hitting mm. these guys. And who is going to be the the, the one who's going to stand up, uh, Andy? Because I know you and I have very similar uh, beliefs and values and principles. Who is going to be the one that's going to stand up and take the arrows? He's going to get the spear in the heart, but he's going to die standing on his feet, not on his knee, taking a knee yeah. and being browbeat into a belief that he does not hold. 
You know what's funny is my wife last night, we were, we were talking, uh, and she said, uh, you better be careful how you, you know, if you criticize these protesters and stuff, because they may show up at your house at some point. And I, I hadn't even thought about that. You know what I mean? And here we are talking about this on the radio, and uh, I guess it's possible that they, and they're probably not listening, but maybe there's someone out there that's going, oh, let's get, let's get these guys for talking, you know, talking bad about us. I, I, yeah, I'm not going to backpedal, though. I can tell you that right now. No, but here's the thing, and you've seen several examples of this. Look, this is just a percentage-wise, we're talking about a fraction of a percentage of a point of people in this country who are doing this. Those of us that are true Americans, that, that work every day, that, that do everything we can to make us a better world, we outnumber them vastly. Yeah. And when what we need to start doing is when it's just like the gun owner. He, he padlocked himself into his gun store. And these guys broke, they, they cut the lock, they broke in, and they got a double-barrel shotgun right in the gut. Now, I'm against violence. It's the last thing that we should be doing. But when you are confronted with no choices other than to let somebody harm you, take your stuff, or perhaps kill somebody you love, you are put in a position where you have no choice. We have to defend our neighbors. We have to defend the businesses in this town. And if it means all of us need to strap on our gun and head downtown peacefully until matters require otherwise, that's what we need to do. Yeah, awesome. Thank you for the call. In St. George, that's not a problem today. But nobody knows what's coming tomorrow. You're right. You're right. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Thanks for the time, Andy. Well said. And... You know what? I, I said it the other day, and I'll say it again. I own a gun. I don't. I don't have concealed carry. But I own a gun, and I didn't buy a gun so that I could go hunting and go bird hunting or skeet shooting. I bought a gun because there may be a situation one day where I need that gun to protect my life, protect my family's life, protect my house, my fat, my livelihood. It's, it's true. I'm going to stick with that. All right, caller, you're on with Andy. What's up this morning? Morning, Andy. Morning. So have you heard of a guy named, I'm going to butcher his name, I'm going to just say Juan, Quan, he was Japanese. Not, I'm not sure who you're referring to. No, go ahead. Okay, a little background. In Korea, he was a CMA winner, the highest award the military gives. Okay. And, and he died a couple days ago. All right. And he saved a lot of soldiers. And nobody heard of him, right? Yeah. Pretty much, but his family. There was no big national memorial for him or anything. Right. You know what I'm getting at here? All the networks didn't put on his death or his funeral. Yeah, that's... And he was forgotten. It, it's sad, and you know it, it. It goes goes right to, you know, the fact that eleven police officers have died in the last six days. But all we can talk about is George Floyd. Exactly, and this was an American hero. Put his life on the line, saved a lot of soldiers, and he's forgotten. Yeah, he's going to have a cross in Arlington, but that's it. Hmm. And this guy was on all the networks. You know, it's all you've heard for the last. 10 days or whatever it's been. It's yeah. pretty sad. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Sounds like you, did you know him personally or? No. No. I just read about him. Yeah. I had a father-in-law who fought in Korea and he didn't know him, but 
<laughs> he knew where the guy fought. If you ever heard of the Chosen Reservoir, that was hell. Wow. And wow. he survived it. That's fighting. You know, if they would have caught him, he'd been instantly put to death. Yeah. Oh, then he sold you know, Korean or Japanese a traitor. Right. Right. Well, that's that's how screwed up we are, isn't it? That that I mean, that, a terrible thing happened to George Floyd, but that's all anyone can talk about. Meanwhile, police officers are being shot in the line of duty, trying to protect the very people that are protesting what's going on. It's, it's hard to believe. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Good, yeah. good to talk to you today. Let's go to back to line one now. Caller, you're on with Andy. What's up? Oh, good morning, Andy. Morning. Oh. One thing I want everyone out there to remember, and I want it to sink in deep. Okay, I'm ready. All of this that's going on, when it comes right down to it, the uh, if you have anything that opposes the left's view and you're crushed and crucified, if you're like Drew Brees and come out and voice your opinion, you've got to be crushed and crucified. Just remember, folks, there's a mantra that we've been hearing for a long, long time. Tolerance, diversity... Mm. Equality, fairness. But but you can't be you know you you can't by be diverse and not not agree with them though. That's the crazy thing. Exactly. That's the point I'm making. It yeah. comes down to they scream tolerance, they demand diversity, they want that you know they're demanding fairness and equality and all of this and justice. But stand against them. Stand up and say whoa 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 whoa. I'm on your side, but just say but. And you'll find out what leftists mean when it comes to tolerance. I mean, we're seeing it, Drew Brees, and there's many others. I mean, how many times has somebody come out and said something, uh, the one guy that said all lives matter gets fired? That's right. That's right. Yeah, what kind of, uh, what kind of tolerance and equality and diversity was there? It's, you're not tolerated if your anti-tolerant is in their mind. That's what they're saying. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's so screwed yeah, up. That's, exactly. And I just want people to think long and hard about that. Because we have been hearing this, and I've made fun of it on this radio station for years when I would come on and say, it's all about tolerance, diversity, and fairness, and equality. Because yeah. that's really all those words are worth when it comes to the left. Yep. You're right. Awesome. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. All right. Line three, caller, you're on with Andy. What's up? Oh, hi, Andy. Um, how are you? I've been good. How are you? I'm great. Great. Thanks for calling in. You're welcome. Um, I just had a few thoughts. This whole thing, ever since the murder of George Floyd, has really bothered me. And um, my first reaction was I was just outraged I think like almost everybody watching what happened and I even I'm a white girl in southern Utah and I honestly only know one or two people that even questioned what happened um, as far as what the police officer did uh, I think we all knew it was wrong we watched it we were disgusted yeah and I had one or two friends that I fought with who said well I'm not convinced that was his cause of death you know and mm. I was I was outraged at them. I kicked them. I, I fought with them. And then um, here we are uh, over a week later, and we're watching total anarchy. 
um, we definitely overall supported George Floyd. That was murder. That was wrong. And we were all together on that. Then, um, and everybody voiced about it on Facebook, social media, media, whatever. Sure. Um, recently, I just had to shut down my Facebook page because I've been so upset that I saw all of, almost, I should say a good majority of my friends doing this blackout for uh, Black Lives Matter. A lot of that, And in yep. looking, yeah, and in looking, I went to Black Lives Matter to their website, and I saw the very first thing, defund the police. Totally anti-police. Yeah. Um, and then I see police being murdered every day. Alert, and yeah. I'm so upset. But um, so many of my friends only dare to support Black Lives Matter, and they will not speak out against the killings of the police and the rioting. Innocent people in these cities, black people, their lives are being destroyed. But these guys are too afraid to say, this is not okay, because they're being, they are afraid that their neighbors won't like them. Their ward members won't like them. They'll be called racist. I don't care. It's wrong. Yeah. And we have a lot of weenies that won't speak up, and it really ticks me off. And then I have people uh, privately message me saying, thank you for standing up and saying the things I don't dare to say or I don't know how to say. Hmm. And I feel like saying, screw you. Yeah. You're part of the problem. Yeah, exactly. Thank, don't thank me. Don't thank Back me, me up publicly. Mm-mm. Yeah. Then let me be your whipping boy. I'm done. <laughs> All right. Thanks for the call. Anyway. Great great take today. Appreciate yeah. it. Line four. Call you're on with Andy. What's up? Well, we're looking at a day and age uh, that we all kind of knew as Terminator, or most of us do. And it's the people that's what's wrong with America right now. We've just got too many of them that are believing and thinking they're not true. And we need to continue to do our best to teach others the things that we know are true and to uh, convince them, but ultimately they have their own agency. So uh, we can't be too disturbed by what we see because it's been something that we've expected for a long time. Yeah. And uh, we just have to keep persevering because the only way to get out of this is to teach people to be better than they are. Lift, lift where you stand, right? Yeah. If you make your little corner of the world better, that will affect the rest of the world. I truly believe that. Well, we have to convince the the mass of people in the United States to to, to start uh, trying to find truth instead of just believing things that, that they're told. That we've got at least uh, pretty close to half of. America right now that seems to be bent in the wrong direction. Yep. We, need to, we need to get them back because we are starting to separate into two groups. That's quite natural. Um, and uh, people who think alike are, are going to uh, gather together. Doesn't it seem like the rift is getting bigger between the two sides, though? Doesn't it really seem oh, that way? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And it's not just that. It's the speed at which this is happening. Yeah, that bothers me. It's the the rate of change that we're seeing is is phenomenal. I mean, it's just uh, things are almost by the day things are uh, kind of falling apart, and sooner or later we're going to have anarchy and anarchy and righteous living. Don't they can't coexist? So 
Yeah. So, All right. Thanks for the call. I appreciate that. All the lines are lit up, so I need to I need to keep moving. I, I will say this: it has uh, it has been. An eye-opening experience. I'm talking about, first of all, the pandemic. Uh, I never, honestly, I trusted government. I trusted the World Health Organization, maybe not the exact organization, but the people. I figured there were scientists that would never let something like a pandemic happen. And now you can say, all right, well, it didn't really happen. It wasn't near as bad as they were projecting. That's true. But still, look what happened to our country. And then the riots on the tail end of this have uh, changed things dramatically once again it's just a, it's almost a head swimming you know that, that thing, these things happen so quickly yeah caller you're on with Andy how are you uh, good morning I'm fine um, I was uh, had a conversation with my sister back in Wisconsin and then uh-huh. another one up in Salt Lake City and um, the question I have is how many people out here are willing to kneel down for if you're told to kneel down, hmm. is that uh, something that you are going to personally do? Well, I who's just, um, who's telling me? You know what I mean? A lot of it depends on who's telling. If my dad asked me to kneel down, I'd do it for my dad. Sure. Sure. But, but if it's a government, no. A woman who had to kneel down for black radicals. No. Is that right? No. And are the people up in Salt Lake, the mayor and the police chief kneeling down, um, you know, the other side believes that if you're white, you're racist. It's come down to that. That's a terrible thing to say, isn't it? Yeah, it's brought up the whole white privilege. That's a word they like to throw at you. It got thrown at me yesterday. Oh, you're white privilege. You, ne- exactly, you never understand. What exactly have you done to hurt a black person in your life? I've never done anything what? to hurt a black person that I'm aware of. Yeah, but they believe that you have because mm-hmm. you're white. Yeah, just because I now, exist. Yep. Okay. Well, no justice, no no peace. Um, if you want to go to Gateway Pundit and the person that founded the Black Entertainment Network, are you aware of this? No. Says fourteen trillion dollars in reparations for forty-two million black people right now with an initial payment of $350,000 for every person that you see on television that's burning down the country to stop. Wow. Burning down the country. Mm. That's, uh, that's the justice they want, I believe. And bribery. I, I, I'll say, you know, like I said a little while ago, I still believe in the American dream and that if you work hard, you will be rewarded. And, and, I, you know, I, it's funny. You, you asked me if I had done any harm to black people. Most of my life I've been a sports writer. And the, the thing that I've, I, I'm very proud of is uh, when, I, you know, when I cover a ball game, and whether it's a white guy or a, an Asian guy or a black guy or whatever, you know, purple guy, uh, they were all the same to me. They were, they were members of a team. And it didn't really matter, you know, if they had dreadlocks or they had orange hair or whatever it was. It didn't really matter because I was there to write a story about the ball game, and, and I didn't, I, I didn't really care what color they were or or, or even what their political beliefs were or, or any of that stuff. And so, I may, you know, when when someone threw somebody threw the words at me uh, yesterday, uh, white privilege, you'll never understand because of white privilege. I was like. That, that doesn't even make sense. How do you presume to know what my life has been like? That's not fair that you, I mean, that's as bad as me being, you know, presuming 
that, you know, something's wrong with a black person because of the color of their skin. And what are you talking about? It has nothing to do with it. You don't know me. You don't know my past. I'm going to play a little soundbite for you. I really like this one. Uh, tell me what you think. Of course, i got to hit the right button here. Uh, it went away. Let's see if I can get it back. Because we're taught there to we hate. We hate because we're ignorant. We're the product of ignorant people who have been taught an ignorant thing, which is that there are four or five different races. There are not four or five different races. There's only one race on the face of the earth, and we're all members of that race, the human race. But we, but we have separated people into racists so that some of us can see ourselves as superior to the others. We thought it would work, I guess. It hasn't worked. It has been bad for everyone. But it's time to get over this business. There is no gene for racism. There's no gene for bigotry. You're not born a bigot. You have to learn to be a bigot. Anything you learn, you can unlearn. It's time to unlearn our bigotry. It's time to get over this thing, and we best get over it pretty soon. I'm an educator, and it's my business as an educator to lead, lead people out of ignorance. The ignorance of thinking that you're better or worse than someone else because of the amount of a pigment in your skin. Pigmentation in your skin has nothing to do with intelligence or with your worth as a human being. It's time to get over that. You know, and conversely, uh, bigot, bigotry and racism is taught. Bigger, bigotry and racism is also not taught. I wasn't taught to be a racist. I think most of us were not taught to be We're not born a racist. We're not born with white privilege. We're born, I was born with a pretty humble family. I had to, you know who paid for my college? Me. I did. I took out loans. I paid for my college, and then I paid those. I paid that off. Uh, you know who bought my clothes when I was 15 years old? Well, I either wore hand-me-downs or I bought my own clothes. And, and it's been that way for as long as I can remember. I just, yeah, I just, I, I bristle at the thought that there's white privilege here and that I don't understand that makes me angry. Uh, real quick, I, I want to thank Joe Shoney. Joe Shoney is a local loan consultant. His focus is customer service. Give him a call today, 435-590-6300. Incredible, 4.91 out of five stars with uh, nearly 400 reviews online. Joe Shoney, proud supporter of the Andy Griffin Show. Email joe, joe.shoney, S-C-H-O-N-E-Y, at nafinc.com. Welcome back. Short on time. Got about two minutes left. Caller, you're on with Andy. What's up? Andy, this is Brent Hall. Hey, Brent. How are you? Good. Hey, just sympathize with everything you've been talking about. There is one thing we can do about it. There's, yeah. There's uh, four candidates for governor, and, and I've really been impressed with Greg Hughes during the whole convention process. The more I listened to him, the more I liked him. He's going to be in the Canyon Complex over by the big softball complex over by Coral Canyon Elementary tomorrow morning from 9 to 11, and at the Washington Veterans Park tomorrow night from 6 to 8. I'd just like to invite everybody to come and listen to him. Um, check out his website, greghughes.com. I think he's the most conservative, responsible candidate for governor. I've really been impressed with him. All right, Brent. Thanks for the take on that. I appreciate it. Thanks, Andy. You bet. Uh, it's uh, 9.58. I, you know, that's funny. You talk about the gubernatorial uh, race, and uh, let's, let's throw no offense to Tom Wright, but let's, he's not going to win. He's got like 4% in the polls right now. It, to me, it's a three-dog three race now. You have Lieutenant Governor Spencer Cox. You have former Governor John Huntsman Jr., and, and quite honest, those are the two sexy picks, right? So those are the two picks you go, yeah, these are the guys that, uh, they, you know, they probably know what they're doing, and, and they've been there. Uh, Greg Hughes is an interesting dark horse. He's just a few points behind in the poll. I think it's 
can't remember the numbers exactly, but it was it was Cox by a couple of points over Huntsman and the Huntsman by a couple of points over Hughes. Uh, but they're close enough that they definitely could swing over here in the next few months as as we get as we get closer and closer. Uh, and and I you know Hughes is a fascinating guy. He's a former Speaker of the House. I don't know if you knew that. People, I think people forget. You know, this isn't a guy who's never been in politics. This is a guy that doesn't know what's going on. He's former Speaker of the House in the state of Utah. Yeah, that was the first thing that impressed me. The other thing that impressed me, now, uh, my wife is from New Jersey, and my wife's pretty pretty mellow personality-wise, but generally speaking, all of her relatives, including her mother and her grandma and her aunt and, and, and those types, uh, they have the New Jersey personality, which is tell it like it is. Greg Hughes has kind of a New Jersey personality. He'll tell it like it is. He's not afraid to strip away the you know the uh, the uh, formalities and just just tell it like it is. Greg Greg Hughes is an interesting candidate. Do your research though. I think it's worth looking into all three of those guys and making an informed decision. We've run out of time. I'll be back on Monday with Spencer Cox on the show and others. Stay tuned.